today, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri proposed that we break up what he calls monopolies in the tech industry. So specifically, Google and Amazon are are monopolies. In particular, when we look at Amazon, we we see that they put Parler uh, out of business because they host 90% of all websites in America. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Is big tech too big? That's what we want to know. Uh, Pew Research says 45% of Americans get their news from Facebook. The number of people getting their news from social media continues to grow, and they control the information. Right. Well, today, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri proposed that we break up what he calls monopolies in the tech industry. So specifically, Google and Amazon are, are monopolies. In particular, when we look at Amazon... We, we see that they put Parler uh, out of business because they host 90% of all websites in America. They found a clause in their contract and they interpreted to say something that allowed them to completely put Parler out of business. And we look at Facebook. Again, Facebook, uh, you said it, 45% of Americans get their news there. And they decided that they were going to not allow the president of the United States to be on their platform. Uh, Same thing happened with Twitter. And so there becomes this really important issue of uh, freedom of speech and a free marketplace of ideas. That's the reason the First Amendment and freedom of speech is so important in our country, because we have to have that. If people are going to elect the right people, they have to hear both sides of the argument. And that's not happening today. These big tech companies are definitely silencing people who are conservative in their thoughts. Facebook uh, shut us down. The La Crosse County Republican Party Facebook page got shut down. All of our ads were pulled two weeks before the election. And those ads were running in the 94th Assembly District. So that was a direct interference in, in one of our state elections, that action that they took. So it's a really important question is there an appetite in Congress to take a look at the role of big technology companies? I believe Holly's proposal actually goes beyond tech. He wants to break up any company that has over $100 billion in market capitalization. So it, it's a big question. Is that a situation where that would never happen, but I ask for that, I might get something lesser? I don't know how you can just arbitrarily set a number. Mm -hmm. I think it has to be based upon the amount of market share that a company has. And when a company has 100% market share or a 90% market share, 80% market share, obviously that's a monopolistic situation and it's anti-competitive in a lot of regards. One of the things that I experienced last week was I went to buy a new laptop computer And I haven't set up a computer for a while. And it became a really frustrating experience for me. For a number of reasons. Right. (laughs) I'm teasing. So, yeah. We'll skip past the fact that I may be just barely technologically literate. But um, anyway, so I go in to open up this computer. And uh, I go to open up the browser. And it's Microsoft Edge on this Lenovo computer, right? Mm -hmm. So... I try to go to Google because I'm going to use Gmail and it won't let me go to to the Google browser. 
So before I could set up the the Chrome, that's a, a browser product from Google, before I could set that up on my Lenovo computer, I had to go and create a Microsoft account so that I could opt out of, it's something S, I can't remember what it, what it was exactly, but this is classic anti-competitive behavior. We're, we're talking about a major tech company that's entered into an agreement with a computer manufacturer that fences out the competition. At the same time, I went and I, I bought the Microsoft suite of Office products. And what I found out is that's a subscription service now. So you have to provide a credit card to buy that product, and then it automatically renews. In many cases, uh, self-renewing contracts are not legal, and I'm interested to find out. I wanted to look into this to see if we allow self-renewing contracts in Wisconsin, but it's definitely a legal gray area. So this is another example of where big tech companies are are running wild, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for concern. You're not wrong. It's proprietary and control, and how do we amass as much as we possibly can and block out the competition. Some would say that's just good business. Yeah, I I would call that anti-competitive behavior. And so that's an area where we as a society have an interest because once these companies get to this monopoly status, then they can charge whatever they want, right? And and that's, that's where the problem begins is that they can charge whatever they want for their product because there is no competition. And when it comes into the arena of uh, information, when we're talking about 45% of people getting their news on Facebook, to, not, for, to allow Facebook to practice editorialism, to choose what can and cannot be on that page violates that. Section 230 clause from the Federal Communications Administration, I think. We have an interest as society to see competition, fair competition, and to create these additional hurdles for somebody to choose the browser they want to use. They didn't buy a Microsoft computer. They bought a Lenovo computer. And so to fence out the competition by forcing you to go and open up a Microsoft account so that you can choose to use Google Chrome over Microsoft Edge, I think it crosses an important line. Two separate issues, maybe. Your freedom of speech and market share. Right. Well, that's the problem with the, with the monopolization of tech because this is how we communicate today. This is how people are getting their news. This is how people inform themselves. The, the days of off-air television newscasts being the place that people go to inform themselves are rapidly declining. There's still a lot of people that get their news that way, but the future is going to be a place where that becomes a smaller and smaller segment of society. So it's a really important question can they choose to deplatform the president of the United States? Can they choose to can they choose what speech they want people to be able to see or hear or or can't they? And and I would just argue that they should not be able to do that. We have a overarching need in our society for people to be informed so they can make the right decisions. 
there were polls that came out after the election that showed a lot of people who voted for Joe Biden would not have voted for him had they known about Hunter Biden's laptop, the scandal in Ukraine. And so I think that it just shows you how important it is for people to be able to get information and and for companies and media to be able to choose what information people see or don't see. We just can't allow that to go on. I think there's an overarching uh, need for society uh, that, that goes beyond any kind of uh, rights that they have as a private company. Oh, it's absolutely scary as a citizen to know they have so much control over what you're consuming on almost any platform. Facebook owns Instagram. So even if you say, oh, I spent a lot of time on Instagram, they're still controlling what you see. And I'm not sure who made them the barometer of truth. But what can we do? Interesting to see what people in Washington, D.C. choose to do about this, because historically, this isn't an issue that has really fallen on either side of the political divide. If we go way back in time and we go back to the turn of the 20th century, Republicans were in control in Washington, D.C. Uh, they passed uh, legislation. Uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act was passed in 1890. Uh, Senator John Sherman, a Republican senator from Ohio, authored that legislation. Republican President Theodore Roosevelt, in his State of the Union speech in 1901, laid out his agenda of breaking up the trust. At that time, what we saw, were, and this was the first time in American history that we saw this, was we saw these monopolies like Rockefeller Standard Oil. Well, what did Rockefeller do? Well, he went out and he bought up all of the oil refineries in the United States. He, had, he owned 90% of all oil refining in America. That allowed him to determine what he was going to charge uh, for his product. And there was no way that the marketplace could could uh, set a, a market rate. He controlled what people paid for those products. The same thing was true about the railroads and J.P. Morgan. And so it was Republicans at that time who first saw the need to do something about these monopolies, which had grown too powerful. And then to bring it a little further into the future, we can go back and we can look into the early 1980s, really began in the 70s with Bell Telephone, which again was a tech monopoly. They controlled all the local telephone services, long distance services. They owned Western Electric, which manufactured all of the telephone equipment. And so they were extremely profitable, but they were broken up into seven smaller companies by the U.S. government. So that, uh, that type of initiative is not something that's new. There have been multiple times in U.S. history where the federal government has looked at companies that have become too big and too powerful that have taken on this monopoly status, and they've decided that they need to break them up to restore competition in the marketplace. Do you think they will? I, I am skeptical about our federal government. I believe that the corporations largely own the people that we've elected in Washington, D.C. As a matter of history, uh, the first Democrat president, Andrew Jackson, famously took on the Bank of the United States. That was our first central bank. And his famous quote was, it will either be the bank or it will be me. And why did he take them on? 
because the First Bank of the United States was funding the campaigns of all Democrats and all Whigs at that time. So they were owned by the banking mm-hmm. concerns. And I, I don't know that things are much different today. I think that when we start talking about congressional campaigns, we're talking about multi-million dollars that have to be raised to win a seat in Congress. You can't raise that off of $10 donations in Monroe County and Trempolo County and all the other small towns of western Wisconsin. So when we look at you know what's happening in Congress, we see that these corporations wield an incredible amount of influence over what happens there. So can our federal government take up legislation to ensure that freedom of speech is happening? Will they, in many cases, go against the wishes of corporations that are helping to fund their campaigns? That's a tough question. Seems unlikely. It To me, it seems unlikely too, yeah. For at least half the voting population, they felt that it was justified. Whatever actions Facebook or Twitter or Amazon made, to block dissemination of certain information. They felt, well, you know what? It's not the truth, whatever that is. But what happens when it's your policies and your ideas that come under attack, if that doesn't fit in with big tech? Right. Who gets to be the referee? Who -hmm. gets to be the judge about what speech is permitted and what speech is not? That is one of the founding principles of our nation is that nobody has that right. There are things that people say that are extremely offensive. When I was younger, the example was always the Nazi party in America, a fringe element of people who espoused things that are reprehensible to 99.9% of Americans found it reprehensible. However, under our system of government, those people have a right to say those horrible things. So we cannot give up our right to free speech And we cannot allow others' rights to free speech to be infringed just because we don't agree with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the basic principle of our government. And what we say is that individual Americans are smart enough to figure it out for themselves, what what they want to believe about a situation. But again, to be able to hear both sides of an argument, to hear both sides pro and con and make your decision about what you think is right. That is foundational to our country. And it's just so important that we aren't going to see that disappear. Right now, it appears to me and many other people that these big tech companies have far too much power when it comes to the information that Americans see when they turn on their computer or turn on their TV. It's a real concern. And everybody, especially liberals, should be concerned about freedom of speech. So what does the average listener of our podcast do? Well, I think it's a a difficult question, but I think you have to vote with your wallet first and foremost. So if you think that these are problems that are serious enough, then you should try and look for alternatives in terms of where you spend your dollar. And, you know, that can be really tough because when you're talking about companies that have such pervasive market share, Facebook not only owns WhatsApp and Instagram, they own YouTube. I think I've got that right, or maybe it's Google. But but so Google owns YouTube. Google owns YouTube. So you know where do you go? You know again, YouTube. How what other company is there where you can go and watch videos and that has the uh, content that a YouTube has? It, it's a really tough question. 
Um, I think that uh, what we're going to need to see in this country is that a majority of people come to the understanding that freedom of speech is so important to the future of our country and to our political system that if we don't get this fixed somehow, the future could be very dark. When we get to a place where there's one party rule in this country, then, then we have a real problem. I, I wish I could put a, a sunny face on this and say that, that you know, it's all going to be better. But I think there's a lot of people who are gravely concerned about what's happening right now. And one of the disappointments to me is that when this censorship took place, too many voices on the left or maybe from the middle remained silent. Mm. It's pivotal right now. It feels dangerous and scary where we are with the control and the information that big tech in America has. The irony of this to me, Jen, is that for a good part of my life, the Democrat Party stood against exactly this type of thing. They were the ones that were constantly trying to be the watchdogs over corporations in America becoming too powerful. And now it seems that they're just all too ready to accept whatever those tech companies want to do. If it favors them and their political agenda, then it seems to be okay. And I would say that that deal with the devil is eventually going to lead us all into a place that we'd rather not be. Mm -hmm. So I hope that everybody who's listening to Fact Check today will give some thought to the importance of maintaining free speech and maybe take that extra step and see if you can't find a company, a small competitor to one of those big tech companies to do business with. Do your shopping locally. Right? Right. You don't need Amazon. You can get it all right here. Go, go to one of the fine companies that advertises on WIZM locally and patronize them. And that's a good first start. All right. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. Share your thoughts on this conversation and other important issues affecting the La Crosse area, the state of Wisconsin, and occasionally some national politics as it relates to us. We encourage you to share those thoughts on the Facebook group Fact Check Wisdom. Thanks for listening to Fact Check. Subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can listen at WIZMnews.com.